It's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile. Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Nick Wiggins. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Welcome to the Friday's edition of the Final Drive. We made it through another long work week. We want to thank everyone for joining us this afternoon. Hope you're staying cool. And, of course, we want to thank everyone who came out yesterday to our WNSP 30th anniversary fall football preview party at Hero Sports Bar and Grill. We were able to give away that 75-inch television along with the recliner. So I, I tell you, a great turnout. Everyone who came out was able to kind of mix and mingle with Sherman Williams, Dr. Doom, Robert Brazil. You also had Richie Riley that fans were able to meet. David Morris, QB Country, was in the building. We had two South Alabama Jaguar players, Braylon McReynolds, along with Colin Lacey in the building. Also, the prep spotlight from 6 to 7 was there. All the talent from WNSP standpoint really wants to thank you all for coming out and supporting our 30th anniversary fall football preview party. Hope everyone had a wonderful time, Nick Wiggins. I know we sure did. Yeah, man, it was a great turnout, uh, great food, uh, had a couple drinks, not too many, but it was fun, man, and yeah, again, just thanks everyone to coming out, and thanks to all our special guests who were able to make an appearance. Absolutely, and of course, you don't want to forget to download the free Sound of Mobile app. That's a free downloadable app to any Apple or Android device that you have, and you can get in touch with us and correspond with us on the app. We love to hear from you, whether it's the corrections we need to make, whether it's your knowledge that you're dropping on us. We don't hesitate to go ahead and share your thoughts on the air as well. You can always call us the old-fashioned way, 251. 1-694-1055 is how you can reach out to us. And on today's show, 3.30, we'll be talking to Landrum Roberts from Jocks in Birmingham, of course, one of the hosts of the three-man front. Always look forward to talking to my man Landrum because, of course, he also does a little bit of UAB Blazers football, and there's some big news concerning the UAB football program and how generous their head football coach is. At 4 o'clock, scheduled to talk with Jim Nagy, the Reese's Senior Bowl director, and Jake Crane from Crane & Company letting us know how Peyton Thorne won this starting quarterback job for the Auburn Tigers at 5 o'clock. And, of course, Trent Massey from Future Ones right around 5.30 scheduled to join us. So, uh action-packed Friday edition of the final drive. That's right. And, and, look, that's the biggest story right there, right? You know, we talk Alabama and Auburn all this week, and the ongoing question with every guest we have on is, who's the quarterback going to be? What's it looking like? And finally, one of them gives us an answer. Uh, you know, some people think that maybe Hugh Freeze's hand was forced to have to come out and say that, but he did come out in his uh, – you know, conference yesterday, and, you know, let's go ahead and hear exactly what Hugh Freeze said about starting 
Peyton Thorne. I've decided to uh, uh, start Peyton uh, Thorne. And um, let me say this first. I totally believe that Robbie and Holden, uh, we can win games with, with any of the three. Um, a lot of that would depend upon you know, how we play defensively and, and how the supporting cast play. Uh, I believe in all three of those guys. And there are days that there's been very little separation. Uh, I just believe, man, my gut is usually right. And usually when I follow my gut, um, and I'm not saying my gut is right that Peyton is the guy for all 12 games, or, but my gut is saying it's the time to do this. I've decided. His gut is right. Well, I, I sure hope his gut is right. I mean, sure. if it's not, again, he's still the head coach at Auburn University. And as far as him going with his gut, he didn't wait another 10 days to make that decision. He went ahead and said, look, I'm going to go ahead and go with the guy who is in his fifth season of college football. Fifth season is college football in 2021. Threw for over 3,200 yards and 27 touchdowns. That wasn't too shabby in 2021. Now, you look at Peyton Thorne's statistics in 2022, down a little bit. Only had 19 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Threw for 2,600 yards. So the thing that I think that you have to look at the most as Hugh Freeze makes that decision is the fact that he's going with a veteran quarterback, yep. but this is a quarterback who was not in the spring game for Auburn. So because he wasn't in the spring game, that means that he's definitely been in his playbook. He's definitely gained the confidence and the gut feeling of his coach. Now, when you go back and you listen to a week ago, the same comments of Hugh Freeze saying, look, we may not be until week two or three before we know who our guy is. That was a little over a week and a half ago that Hugh Freeze made that comment. So I think that there's definitely been practices under the belt that have made him change his mind. And I think that that's good for Auburn. It gives Auburn an advantage going into playing Massachusetts, knowing that your wide receivers, who's going to be throwing them the ball majority of the That's game, right. not having to look over your shoulder saying, look, I'm only going to play two or three series. To me, when you know you're the guy, you have a little bit more freedom. You play a little bit more loose, knowing that, okay, I may make a mistake, not having to worry about getting yanked early. I may make a couple of mistakes. That's right knowing that I'm not going to well, get yanked well, early. And you're able to walk with a little bit of a different swagger, right? Because you got your whole locker room behind you. They all know that you're the guy that they need to support. And I thought the comments were interesting saying, I'm not saying my gut is right that Peyton is the guy for all 12 games. It's just time. My gut is saying it's time to do this right now. So they got UMass up first. Now, look, Al we've already talked about Alabama, how we think they're going to play both quarterbacks, maybe three quarterbacks against Middle Tennessee. Do we think that Hugh Freeze should have waited and seen what that on-the-field performance looks like against a weaker opponent like UMass before you make this decision? Because now what happens when Peyton Thorne comes out and they either lose to UMass in a big upset or they barely win? Now all of a sudden, 
is Hugh Freeze thinking, okay, yeah, it's time to do this. Yeah, and I meant that by saying he's only going to start week one, and we're going to go ahead and completely uh, switch it around immediately after. Uh, I mean, what do you think about that? Like, there's positives and negatives to it, right? I think that every quarterback has a different dynamic because Hugh Freeze has not shied away from saying Holden Garner is the best passer of the three quarterbacks. Robbie Ashford, along with Peyton, along with Holden, he really says that Holden is the best passer. And as far as when you're on the other side from the Auburn Tigers trying to prepare for this team, Man, I wouldn't want to be a defensive coordinator trying to get my defense prepared for three totally different quarterbacks. Yeah. One who just has a great arm. One who, in Robbie Ashford, can go ahead and scramble and bring back some type of versatility to you to where you have a totally different package on offense than you do when you're looking at what Peyton Thorne puts on film. So if I'm the D.C.'s, whether I'm at Cal, whether I'm at UMass, I'm like, uh-oh, you know, th th this could be problems for me in regards to what Auburn can bring to the table. And I think that, again, the right decision was made early by Hugh Freeze by going with his gut because he's had some pretty good quarterbacks in the past to where he's had to decide which ones he's wanted to go with. And – Hey, look, he's a QB guru guy. He's an offensive guru guy. And I don't think that Auburn's going to struggle with UMass. I think there are going to be big-time numbers. I think when you look at Auburn's schedule overall the first couple of weeks, it's set up to have a confident standpoint for the Auburn Tigers yeah. program. Well, and look, like this is a team that's been kind of mismatched, put together through the transfer portal, right? We addressed uh, with – the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy, a couple of days ago. The, there's only one player remaining from that 2021 signee class. So I get it. You want to get this guy who's been around. You don't necessarily need that guy who's been in the system last year or, you know, multiple years because the head coach has wasn't even here in this system. He's new. These players are new. Why not go with the new quarterback, I guess, if, if he's given you the confidence or at least – a higher level of confidence than it seems the other guys are giving you. I, UMass, Auburn, Auburn travels to the West Coast and hopefully won't show California any love, right? And then you have Samford and Auburn. So really for certain, two out of your first three games, you have a chance to go ahead and get that octane offense going. That's right. And, and we know – how much gas cost on the West Coast? Almost five fifty a gallon. Well, I tell you this: you can put some high octane Auburn offense into the Hugh Freeze offensive system, and you get it rolling to where you have three stacked weeks: UMass, Cal, and Sanford going into the Texas A&M game in week number four. I mean, that could be a four-zero start if you can have a lot of momentum and you can get everybody clicking, and Peyton Thorne is the guy, and he's looking good, you could roll into Texas A&M 3-0 and then go 4-0. Now, look, right after that, it's Georgia. All right, sorry, you're 4-1. Right after that, it's LSU. All right, sorry, you're 4-2. But then after that, every game is winnable except for probably Alabama. So, I mean, is Auburn potentially looking at – could they go 9-3? and three? No. 
Who who's the fourth loss? No, I I don't see nine and three. Ole Miss. I I, I definitely see when they go ahead and you look at their schedule to start. UMass is a is a win. California, I think they'll go out to the West Coast and be focused and play yeah. very well. I yeah. really do. It's not going to matter that it's a it's a nine o'clock p.m. kickoff. The only people it's going to matter to is us here sitting in Central and Eastern time zones that are going to have to stay up past midnight to watch the final of it. Now, Sanford, you go 3-0 and when you battle Sanford, and I think that you're going to play with a lot of confidence at A&M, and it's going to depend a lot how A&M gets out of the gates as well. But, yes, Georgia is a loss. Yes, LSU is a loss. You can beat Ole Miss. You can beat Mississippi State. You're going to beat Vanderbilt. So, you know, Arkansas, you can beat them. Again, I, I say that's seven that, that's wins. That's putting them at 9-3, though. Seven wins. Out of everyone you just said was a loss, you only that's only three lose, uh, losses. You're, you're, going to, you're going to lose to Alabama. Right. You're going, you're going to lose. Georgia, two. You're going to lose to LSU, LSU. three. Now, who's and the, who else? If you can get out of the gate and beat A&M, that's why that first SEC yeah. game is so important that is going to dictate whether you're a six or seven win team. But going into College Station and Auburn having that win in the first month of football would be historic for, for that program. And what do I mean by historic? A first-year coach to where you haven't found a way. And A&M's looking at it like, yeah, I, I remember that game from last year. And, and it really didn't leave, a, a, you know, a dominant feeling in A&M's eyeballs from playing that game. So I, I, I'm that, that, I, I definitely think the A&M game, you know, now that we're really talking about it, that is make or break. If you can win that A&M game and you're starting 4-0, that's going to give you momentum rolling into the rest of your SEC games, even though that next week is probably a loss with Georgia and then LSU. But you you already kind of know that. But if you are if you lose A&M and now you're starting out in the SEC 0-3, now we're looking at probably a shakier season, you know, 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five tops. Well, I know that Georgia-Auburn is going to be a very special game. The atmosphere – is gonna it, it's gonna be second to none, you know the Deep South's oldest rivalry, and he, here's what's happened with Georgia over the last couple of years, and it's really happened with every national champion that you've seen, probably within the last decade. You have those one or two games to where they're their uh oh game, they're, they're that wake up call game. Now, if you look at the odds makers. In Vegas, once that Georgia-Auburn game comes around, yeah, Georgia will probably be favored by close to 21 points. But, again, you saw Georgia a year ago struggle in a couple of their wins. Yeah, Missouri, and, yeah. And, 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 and that's something that I think you have to not really overlook. Now, ultimately, do I think Georgia will win it? Yes, but I think it'll be a lot closer than a lot of I, the Vegas guys picking. I, 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 I can get behind you. On that one. I mean, look, here, best case scenario for Auburn. You beat Texas A&M, and you go to and play Georgia, and maybe you lose by a touchdown or 10 points. Sure. And everyone thinks, okay, Auburn's kind of got it together. You have a real competitive game with LSU. Okay, we see you, Hugh Freeze. We yeah. see you, Peyton. Yeah. That's the best case scenario. 
And then, you know, the Iron Bowl, it's always a coin toss, really, because that's just, you know, the history of the rivalry there. But but what's great, too, though, it, let's just say Auburn is 3-2, and two, or, or let's say they do start off 4-0. and oh. When you have Hugh Freeze playing against Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss coming to Auburn, that's that game right there is one that you definitely want to highlight and circle on the calendar for a multitude of reasons. Not to mention Hugh Freeze getting a chance to get back at Ole Miss and all this talk about Auburn turns around with the fact that they have named a transfer quarterback, Peyton Thorne, their starter. Now, you said it. Nick Saban, you're up. You're up. It, 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 it's your turn to go ahead. You have to know if you're the Crimson Tide coming out of this practice, I look forward to talking to Scott Hunter to see what his thoughts were because he's going sure. to, to the practice on Saturday. He'll okay. get a chance to see for himself, and we'll be able to talk to him on Tuesday for sure. But the final drive here on WNSP 105.5, it's a Friday edition. Hope everyone's staying cool. Corey Labounty, along with Nick Wiggins. We'll be right back right after this. Hi, this is Juan Sierra, former South Alabama Jaguar, former MLB player, and you're listening to WNSP. Welcome back to the final drive. Myself, Nick Wiggins, and the host with the most, the best on the Gulf Coast, Mobile, Baldwin County, Corey LaBounty. Now look. We're talking about Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze, man, look, I'm impressed. Flipping these recruits, getting the Auburn fan base energized, giving them some hope. But I'm not going to lie, that wasn't who I wanted Auburn to hire. I wanted them to hire Dion. Before Dion ended up going to Colorado and all that, I, that was who I wanted. Now, you know what? Hugh Freeze, in hindsight, probably was the better decision. That's why I don't make those decisions. <laughs> But Dion is, uh, his team's fired up at practice, wouldn't you say, Corey? More than fired up. Dion's always bouted, bouted, and rowdy, rowdy. But at the same time, you have to know if you swing and bring, there are repercussions behind it. But Dion has instructed his guys to be bouted, bouted. That's right. He just fought. I seen two of y'all walking off over there. And you got to keep teammate fighting. What they do there? Nowhere. Nowhere. Not what they do there? Not here. Where did they do that at, Corey? Well, apparently they're going to do it in Colorado. But you go back and you look at what happened in the tunnel between Michigan State and Michigan in one of the most heated rivalries you'll see to where you thought someone was going to jail for yeah. assault, right? Because y you just have to use common sense sometimes because, again, you leave the playing confines to start a fight. Yes, you're going to be ejected. And I, I know Deion Sanders wants to do what's right. But wanting to do what's right and saying what's right, it's one thing for your teammates to skirmish with each other. Yeah. But it's another thing when you have a fight 
with another team, and you expect those guys sitting on the bench. This isn't Major League Baseball you, you where you clear out yeah, the bullpen. You can't clear the whole bench. You're you, not going you to have anyone to line up in the next next play. Exactly. You're a former coach, right? Yes. You've coached sports. What do you think about this message? Do you think Dion's got it a little twisted, or a little, or do you think that all oh, his heart? I see where he's coming from. I, I want to hear the coach's perspective. It's in black and white what he said. I mean, his audio couldn't be made any more clear. Dion said, "If one of you fight, all of you fight. We're a yep. team." So there is no mistaking of the message. There is no what does it mean? What does you think he said? He said what he said. Who's gonna check him? You didn't hear the president say, no, that violates our student policy. That's right. You didn't hear the AD said, no, that violates our student the athlete Pac-12 policy. Commissioner, he's he's got other things on his plate, I think, <laughs> than he, to make a, a, a comment a on that. <laughs> so so you didn't you didn't hear anybody check Deion Sanders on what he said from an administrative standpoint. And those players are so daggum scared after he cleaned house and has 70 That's new right. players that he's brought in that are his guys, you don't do what coach asked you to do, and you're not going to have your scholarship renewed. But Dion said what he said. He meant what he said to those players. And there's nothing wrong with, again, you see it all the time in NFL training camps to where, matter of fact, you had one of the New York Jets yep. assistant coaches get molly whopped and, and had to be taken out on a cart. He was hit with accidental fire. But you, you just have to know that if you do clear the bench, if you are caught fighting, not only is it going to cost your team a penalty, and, and you, you have to be disciplined. There's a way you can't preach discipline and then have your team to have a 15-yard penalty, okay, and have players ejected when they're your best players right. unless you just – I, I guarantee you this. Dion this year, if he wins four games – it's miraculous. Okay. Yeah, they, Vegas has them at three and a half. You you get four games and it's miraculous. Now, what improvement does he have to do? He only won one Colorado only won one game last year. Right. So th the the expectations are to go nowhere but up. That's the only way you can go. And if you don't go up, then you really got a big problem. Now do, or do other coaches push this same type mentality, and are we just kind of, as the media, blowing it up because it's Dion, or is this just a Dion way of no, coaching? No, this is social media, Dion maximizing social media the way Dion does because who else puts out those type of clips where you're in the freaking huddle or in the middle of a, of a football brawl? In college, who? What other university no have you seen it? You don't have the HBO camera crews exactly. at Colorado like they're doing at the Hard Knocks. That's right. I, exactly. So you're only seeing this come out of one camp, and that be on Deion Sanders' camp in Colorado. Now, someone in the app said Prime doesn't mean it literally. He meant if one fights, then we're all at odds with each other. No, Deion meant look. If there's a scrap, and I guarantee that if another team has a fight with the Colorado Buffaloes and those 11 guys on the field don't all come on together they, they, as they one. They're going to get it in, in the locker room. You're going to be called to Deion Sanders' office. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Deion means for him to have a bench-clearing brawl because now he's going to have to go back and apologize and walk it back, and he, he's going to have to calm the situation Ooh. down. But – 
if you're part of that 11-man crew on that field you, and, and right. someone starts to throw hands. That's pressure, man. Because, you know, if you do that, you're going to get in trouble. Then it's if you don't do it, you also get in trouble. You really can't win if you're one of those players. So you better just not get into a fight at all, right? <laughs> hey, just play clean football. You don't have to worry about That's that right. at all. The final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty along with Nick Wiggins on this hot, hot Friday afternoon. Landrum Roberts from Jocks in Birmingham will be joining us next, not only to talk a little bit about the SEC season coming up, he also is the sideline and does a little bit of reporting for the UAB Blazers. We'll, we'll ask him a little bit about Trent Dilfer and his money situation coming up next here on The Final Drive. This is George Pada, bench coach of the Houston Astros, and you're listening to WNFT. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty, along with Nick Wiggins on this Friday afternoon, and it's a pleasure to be joined by our next guest, Landrum Roberts from WJOX, better known as Jocks 94.5 in Birmingham, Alabama. Of course, Landrum also host of the three-man front. Landrum, how's it going, my friend? Man, I am finer than fog here, guys. It's a Friday afternoon, and it's going to be my final chance before college football season kicks off where me and my wife were actually making the trip over to the ATL to watch our Bravos play tonight and we'll take on the Giants. So, yeah, it's, it's all good. And then next week starts the chaos, week zero, and then, and then so on. High school football, college football, but we're here for it. This is what we do, right? Absolutely, Landrum. And, of course, about a month ago, we were able to talk and converse at SEC Media Days, and at SEC Media Days, you look at Alabama being picked to win the West, Georgia picked to win the East. Really no surprises there, but do you think LSU will have something to say about it? Uh, I, I think LSU will, will have something to say about it. Uh, I, I do think that I, I, I voted Alabama to win, win the West. She's still got some question marks that are coming back in got a dynamic quarterback, you, you look at some of the other boys could be facing with that roster, um, I, I think that Alabama with their quarterback situation, and, and that's still unfolding, and that's a work in progress, but they still have a very talented roster, Nick Saban and that staff have never forgotten how to recruit, but I think that Brian and LSU, it's very interesting, and you know, the game inside of Brian Dick Stadium will probably be a lot of how LSU finishes in the rankings and how people view Alabama's season. It's going to be a situation, Landrum, to where I know that when you do look at Georgia trying to three-peat and make that history, Kirby Smart already has the blueprint in place. But if he's able to go ahead and find a way to have this three-peat, I know he will go ahead and and, and be etched in history. And, of course, Landrum on the road traveling there to Atlanta. We, we definitely have a bad connection there, Nick. 
and it, it's going to be hard to, to get him back on because I don't think that connection is going to get any better no, anytime so, soon. Man. I so don't think so. We'll have to catch him another time we'll, when we'll he's in the office or in the studio or something. We'll, we'll, we'll catch him again. But, but also, when you look at the fact that we were talking a little bit about Deion Sanders and what he's going to do for Colorado and, and college football, also the fact that in college football here recently, Alabama – and Nick Saban always have guests that come and speak to the Crimson Tide. And when you do come and speak to the Crimson Tide, Landrum Roberts back with us. Landrum, everything, let's see if, how your connection is now. Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit better. You never know. I mean, they're always doing work on, on I-20, so uh, things are weird. But, yeah, sorry I dropped out for whatever reason, but please continue. And and your line, your line of questioning, Corey, technology is not my friend. Uh, no, no, no problem there, Landrum. What we were kind of talking about is Kirby Smart going for that three-peat and the ultimate getting the blueprint from Nick Saban, but where Kirby Smart can make his mark if they are able to three-peat prior to us going to divisionless football in the SEC next year. Yeah, well, you know, it hasn't been done since Minnesota, right? That's what – that's what we keep talking about, 35, 34, 35, and 36. And it is. And some of the Alabama fans, the, the, the thing that I think is frustrating to some of them is Kirby Smart is taking what Alabama used to do, and he's doing it at Georgia, and it's Bama 2.0, or, you know, essentially. Um, but, you know, Georgia's in the driver's seat right now, and they have to play the schedule. I realize it's, it's, it's not their job to make sure that everybody else in the SEC East is, is up to par or within you know striking distance of them. They play their schedule, but it's hard to deny what he's been able to do. And it's pretty impressive while he's, he's picked and chosen where he has gone in the transfer portal to address some of his needs. He hasn't had to have an overhaul every single year. Now, I'm not saying that Nick Saban has. They've cherry-picked a little bit as well. But Carson Beck, if he is named the starting quarterback or whether it's going to be Brock Vandegrift, you look at some of the additions, especially at the wideout position, add, if he is able to make and, and make college football hit in the modern era and make three straight national championships, it, they can pass on the wall, pass in Georgia inside the football building, something that Nick has never been able to do. Gotcha, Landrum, there. We're still having problems with that connection. What I'm going to do is I'm going to connect with you this weekend to see if I can get you on back with us next weekend to where we'll know we'll have a good connection because catching about every other word you're saying there with Landrum Roberts from Jocks, and I know he's going to enjoy the Atlanta Braves game. But like I was talking about, Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Jr., one of the best major league baseball players ever speaking with the Alabama football and softball teams joining Pete Rose, Michael Strahan and CL Shepard as guest speakers for the Alabama Crimson Tide prior to the season starting. And I was kind of wondering about Pete Rose a little bit myself, but Michael Strahan, Ken Griffey Jr. and CL Shepard, CL Shepard, of course, being a motivational speaker, as well as last year's talk to the team. He must have done such a tremendous job that Coach Saban wanted to have him back. Anytime you can have a millionaire and the voice of ABC, Good Morning America, Michael Strahan on, along with Ken Griffey Jr., different genres, different vintages of jobs, all bringing different information 
to the Crimson Tide football program. No, Nick Saban, he's got some great guys talking to him. And look, Ken Griffey Jr. and his father, Ken Griffey Sr., that is a dynamic uh, father-son combo right there. A another pretty crazy father-son combo is Michael Jordan and Marcus Jordan. Now, look, I know you're a Michael Jordan guy, right? I'm a you, LeBron guy. Michael and Scotty are always going to be joined at the hip. That's right, and now even more so. Who would have thought that in 2023, Jordan and Pippen would be combining for another ring? That's right, guys. Michael Jordan's son, Marcus, is engaged, having plans to get married to Scotty Pippen's ex-wife, Larsa Pippen. It doesn't get weirder and more unsettling than that am i right Corey? <laughs> you're absolutely correct i i was shocked and, and you kind of wonder i i think that to me larsa pippen she she knows in her mind where she wants to go with this and ultimately it looks like it's going to lead to marriage yep. and it maybe it will last longer than than, than what i expected to last but as far as the connections there, you talk about Phil Jackson running the triangle offense to perfection. Mm -hmm. Scotty and Michael used to do it, right? Uh -huh. But now you're, you're, you're having Michael Jordan who has already said, no, he's not happy with this relationship. Right. Do, do they have a, a wedding ceremony at the courthouse? Do they, do they have a huge wedding to where Michael Jordan doesn't even show up for his own son's wedding? Because you know he knows Larsa Pippen. Right. Exactly. Like who, if anyone knows Larsa Pippen well, Michael Jordan might be one of them who knows, knows her better than anyone based off Scotty, you know, being his teammate, probably telling all types of stories about his wife, Larsa, to his teammate, Michael Jordan. And look, you know, they also have a <laughs> podcast together, right? They do like a dating podcast or something, Marcus and Larsa. It's, it is, it is very uncomfortable, I'm sure, for Michael and especially Scotty Pippen. And what's the age difference there? Uh, like, I know Larsa's had some work done, so she's probably not looking what her real age is, but there has to be a pretty big gap. And I don't know, part of me just thinks it's all publicity. You know, they got this show. It, every time they do anything, it blows up on social media and in the media. I got a question for you, Corey. Do you think that this relationship or marriage lasts longer than the time that Michael Jordan played baseball or was in a Wizards jersey? What do you think is going to go longer? I think that this marriage will be shorter than both of MJ's. Is this going to be a Chris Humphreys Kardashian type marriage? What was that, 60 days or something like that? It may last a little bit longer okay. than that, but as far as them saying we're looking for a location with a big smile on his face telling TMZ, uh, I, I just think that as far as that marriage is concerned, I, it was unbelievable to where when you found out the two were even dating. Yeah. But the fact now you've gone from dating to, to looking at marriage, it's kind of like when you hit, when, when, the, when the getting's good, right, as far as you look at Michael Orr and his book coming out at the right time and bombshells being dropped. 
Same thing with this. If you're looking for a reality series, if you're looking for That's a way to right. make a little extra money. I already know that they're looking for that Jordan Pippen, you know, reality show. I can already, th You can come up with probably numerous clever titles. That's exactly what they're going for on, on what, that E! Network? Or shoot, maybe even TLC. They have some pretty wacky stuff on there. <laughs> I, I just know that it, it's not, it's up to them as to how they want to make it work. But sometimes when it's done for the wrong reasons, uh, you know, the, the money is is not going to fix the ultimate lifetime commitment that you need to be in a marriage. But for Scottie Pippen to have to sit here and, and look at Michael Jordan's son getting ready to marry his ex-wife. Again, Scottie Pippen dropped some bombshells about Michael Jordan when he came out with his alcohol or vodka brand or whatever kind of, uh, of alcohol it was that Scottie Pippen was promoting. Whatever is clever at the time to promote and push your product, you're going to do it. And that seems to be one of the biggest issues that we're looking at right now because you know MJ definitely did not and does not approve of it. No. He's not going to continue to approve of it. So the wedding, when it comes around, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if MJ is missing. What What is the, the guest list on that wedding going to look like? I'm looking forward to, <laughs> to seeing the guest list because you know we're going to get all access to it one way or the other. They need to have it uh, in, you know, in center court of the uh, Chicago uh, Stadium, the Bulls <laughs> Arena. <laughs> that would be something to behold as right, well. Right in front of the uh, Jordan and the Pippen jersey Retired that are hung up in the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> that would be something to see as well. The final drive here on WNSP 105.5. We'll be right back. My name is Robert Brazil. I'm from the class of 2018 Pro Football Hall of Fame. You're listening to WNSP. Welcome back to the final drive. And look, guys, the Friday Night Lights. They're right around the corner. We got two high school game days next week with Mark and Lee. You got the pigskin preview and post-game show we got our high school broadcast it's here friday night lights but Corey, you were talking to me in the break and maybe those friday night lights aren't so bright for a couple coaches well the friday night lights are still shining on former northwestern head coach pat fitzgerald and former tennessee volunteer head coach jeremy pruitt they'll get an opportunity to still experience those Friday night lights because Nick, guess what they have in common? Let me hear it. They're both going to still be coaching, but it'll be in high school. Pat Fitzgerald will be a volunteer assistant on his son's team at Loyola Academy in Chicago. And of course, you look at Jeremy Pruitt having taken an assistant coaching job at his alma mater in Plainview in North Alabama along with coaching middle school basketball. So both of them still a part of the Friday Night Lights. And, of course, earlier this week when we talked to Bradley Bozeman, he said, listen, there's nothing better than Friday Night Lights. But with both of these former powerfully paid Division One Power Five coaches, for them both to now be 
seeing and teaching at the high school level, there was no doubt in my mind Jeremy Pruitt was not going to coach on the college level again because of the show cause that the NCAA does have pending against him and the cloud over the head. Now, Pat Fitzgerald, the Northwestern situation with hazing and why he was removed, yep. I think he can still get another job, but it won't be anytime soon. It's just the fact that both of them, as far as Pat Fitzgerald having an opportunity to play and coach at Northwestern, Jeremy Pruitt having a chance to be part of the Tennessee program. Now, both coaching high school football, that's something that if you were to, told, have told me that at the beginning of the summer, I'd be like, nah, I, 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 there's no way. But it, it is ultimately where both of them are. I mean, if you got an itch that needs to be scratched, right? You're, if you're a competitor, if you got, if you need to be on that sideline, if you love football, I guess you'll be, you know, a part of it any way you can. And if you, I mean, it's got to be bittersweet, right? Because you've been at the top of the top, and now here you are, you know, assistant volunteer coach for your son's team. Which look, you're you're coaching your son. That's probably maybe in some ways even more redeeming and fulfilling than coaching at Northwestern, but it's got to it's got to sting a little bit. Oh, absolutely! You know it has to sting, and you you remember back to Northwestern here at the beginning of their fall practice, the athletic director saying that the coaches and the staff there currently were tone deaf because they wore T-shirts supporting Pat Fitzgerald, who was removed for hazing. Pat Fitzgerald's college number was on the shirt, and they got reprimanded for that as far as from an interim coaching job. And it's just something to me. Pat Fitzgerald's name is right when you think it's going to go away for the college football season. Here it is. Again, it does resurface, but for him coaching high school football, and you know Jeremy Pruitt's name here in the state of Alabama as we're getting ready to start week zero right. on Thursday. High school football Friday and Thursday night lights doesn't get any better, but both of these two guys, money's not an issue. Sure. It's just a matter of, like you said, scratching that true itch that you have to continue to be a part of what you're passionate about. Uh, off the top of your head, do you remember the specifics of the hazing allegations against Fitzgerald? Absolutely. What, what it, were it, they? Fill it, me in. A little bit of because it's because it's odd that he's you know just coaching high school again. You think it might be, you know, what I'm saying like, whoa, you were part of that. We really don't want you here in this locker room. Well, it was a little bit of sexual in nature. Right. The, the hazing that went on. It was a lot of verbal hazing going on by players that were allowed under his leadership over several years. And as far as, you know, the description of as part of the lawsuit that was filed, you had a couple of players who said that they had to, to be nude and simulate snaps uh, while they were nude. So those type of things are a black guy on your program. I mean, like, let's say that you, you're Fitzgerald's son, goes to your school, right? You're the principal, the athletic director, the guy who makes the call. You find out that, you know, you, you know of the hazing allegations and you hear about this guy, hey, I would love to be able to come and volunteer and, and be an assistant coach and help out. What What is your response? Well, as far as, you know, everyone's entitled to due process, right? 
and there has been no proof that he has done wrong. There's been no substantiated video evidence of him doing anything wrong. So, again, you're talking about something, allegations. The allegations are that of. And he's not the head coach. He's just on a volunteer basis. So, it would be not one on thing. Not on the payroll, right? It, it, not on the payroll. It would be one thing if he was the head coach being paid and he had been found guilty of. But allegations and proven wrongdoing are two totally different things for this situation. So no problem with Coach Fitzgerald lending a hand to his son's team for sure. The final drive wrapping up our number one, of course, coming here at 4 o'clock. Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Some big-time news came out this week for Jim Nagy. We'll catch up with him and talk about that next year on the final drive. The Sound of Mobile presents For the, win. the final drive. No, they didn't. Oh, my gracious. Yep. How about that? With Corey Labounty and Nick Wiggins. For the win. Yes. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. Oh, oh, unbelievable. Welcome to our number two of the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labounty, along with Nick Wiggins joining you on this scorching hot Friday afternoon. And again, if I said it over and over again, the sound of Mobile is a scorching hot app that you can download for free to any Android or Apple device that you may have, and you'll be able to correspond with us on the app throughout the entire show, whether it's the opening kickoff or the final drive. We especially love to hear from you, and you can contact us the old-fashioned way as well. 251-694-1055 is how you can reach us. And, of course, now Jim Nagy, Executive Director of the Reese's Senior Bowl joins us in this past week. Jim, we're excited to have you here on the final drive, but exciting information and news coming out that the NFL Players Association will be sponsoring, the presenting sponsor of the 75th anniversary edition of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Yeah, Corey, it was uh, it was big news. That was a big one. Um, you know, there was a little confusion. I had a bunch of buddies around the NFL, you know, reaching out like, man, are they sponsoring your game now? I'm like, no, no, we're still the Reese's Senior Bowl. Um, but, you know, we're, we're coming up on, on 75th anniversary, which is which is a big deal, and we always like to, uh, you know, honor our past players and the great, rich history of the game. Um, so we were going to do a 75th anniversary team, do a fan vote, which we're going to be rolling out on, on SeniorBowl.com here soon uh, on September 4th. But, uh, but you know, it's great to name a team, but it's a lot better to get them to Mobile, right? So, so this, uh, this deal with the NFLPA came together pretty quickly, really within like 90 days. Um, and, and so now we're going to be able to bring these guys back. There's going to be 40, 40 players on this 75th anniversary team. And, and uh, you know, when you're, when you're flying those guys all back and their, and their wives, you know, 80 flights and 80 hotel rooms, that's or in 40 hotel rooms, that's, uh, that'll add up. So um, it was a big deal that we got the uh, NFLP on board. We're, we're excited to have them a part of it. Jim, I like the way that y'all are going about this 75th anniversary team. 
instead of you know completely rewriting and revoting the team we already have from the 50th you're only taking it from the past 25 years, so from 1998 to 2023. Corey and I were talking earlier in the week. There's going to be a lot of people that get, you know, kind of left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, it's uh, it'll be a fun way to do it, Nick, especially for, for young guys like you. These are guys you grew up with, right? That's right. Um, so, you know, and the 50th team was great. You know, the 15, 50th team had Joe Namath, at quarterback, and uh, the backfield was ridiculous. It was it was Franco Harris, Walter Payton, and Bo Jackson. So uh, <laughs> you can't do much better than that. But, yeah, there's going to be great players. I mean, just it, think about how what people in the state of Alabama think of Sean Alexander and what a great player he was. And, you know, won the MVP that year for the Seattle Seahawks. But, you know, at running back, you've got Curtis Martin, who's already in Canton. You're going to have LaDainian Tomlinson, who's already in Canton. Uh, you know, you got Fred Taylor, who we just put in the Senior Bowl Hall of Fame a couple years ago. So it's going to be competitive. Uh, you know, the quarterback thing, we're going to take two quarterbacks. I would, I would guess it's going to be Marino and Favre. Um, but we'll see how the fan vote comes out. And we're also going to have, uh, like, an NFL executive committee, too. We're going to get a guy from, from every team. Um, that's been in pro personnel over the last you know, last good you know amount of years that uh, are going to help weigh in on this thing as well. That's exciting, man, but it can also be scary, you know, given that power to just a general fan vote. I mean, you see in like the NBA All-Star game, they'll vote LeBron as the starter, but LeBron hasn't even played in, you know, uh, half the season. So are you kind of worried that maybe – young uh, punks like myself might have too much recency <laughs> bias and will overlook some of those guys who are playing in like the early 2000s and right there at the late 90s? That's why the fan vote only counts a percentage, Nick. We have to have some control here. There you go. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's, it's going to be fun. Like there, there are some positions um, like linebacker. You look at the linebacker position with, with Derek Brooks, who's from right down the road in Pensacola, uh, Brian Erlacher, who's already in Canton. Both those guys are already in Canton. And then you've got like a Patrick Willis who's not up yet. Um, he hasn't been up for induction yet. And a guy that's currently playing like Vaughn Miller. So um, it's going to be a blast. I think probably the biggest challenge of all these guys will be on the defensive line. Um, I'm guessing Michael Strahan gets voted in. And, and now it's, can we get him away from uh, Good Morning America to uh, get him down here to Mobile for, for a day? Maybe he'll do a live stand-up down here on Good Morning America one morning. But it should just be a lot of fun. I mean, you're bringing all those great, great players back. Uh, we're going to do a gala event on Friday night. And then, uh, and then have them out at the game. And a lot of star power out, out there at the game. So, uh, yeah, it's just uh, going to really add a, a, really, a, a really unique element to this year's, this year's uh, festivities during the week. Well, what has also added uniqueness is getting ready for next week. You mentioned the fan vote coming here in a couple of weeks. Also, the Senior Bowl watch list. I know you guys have already cleared the board as soon as the senior bowl ended you you wait about a week you, you get you draw off the erase board and and you go right to work working on that 2024 game but that watch list you guys are going to release next week yeah that's uh it's become a bit of a national holiday in the college football space um you know it's really fun here in the office because you know you see all the schools um, creating graphics with, with flying Reese's Cups and everything. And that's when we knew we were going in the right direction four or five years ago is when we give these schools, you know, about a, a, a 24-hour, 48-hour head, heads up. Molly uh, Middleton here will 
email all the SIDs. And then uh, so that morning, just to see all the graphics from around college football, whether it's Alabama, Auburn, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame. I mean, it's just in all those accounts have millions and millions of followers. So it's really our, our best day of the year in terms of our, the reach um, and how many people are reaching. I want to say last year between all the graphics that were created, by the individual schools and programs, and we reached over 26 million people, um, the recent Senior Bowl uh, logos and, and marks. And, yeah, it's a big day. So we're actually in the office right now when you called. We're, uh, we're paring down the list right now, making some cuts. Um, don't want it to be too extensive, but uh, it's a bigger year this year. There's more players in this year's draft pool because of the extra COVID year for a lot of these guys. So, you know, last year the list was at like 484. 485 and, and right now we're shoot we're up over 700 so we're trying to we're trying to trim trim it a little bit before we get to next week well i'll tell you what's always an interesting factor here you always say the draft starts in mobile and that's a wonderful slogan because it actually does but as last week you're just flipping around the television and you see so many hungry 251 players whether you're that guaranteed contract or trying to make a roster there was not really a game that you could turn on to where you didn't see either a former mobile alabama player who just wants to come in and be hungry undrafted or one that participated in the Reese's senior bowl but mobile alabama all over nfl preseason football yeah, it makes this time of year a lot of fun. It really does. And the, the, the NFL preseason has is, is really shifted over the last couple of years. Uh, you, you know, teams used to get their starters ready and really play their starters the bulk of the third game. Um, and just being out on the road this past week in Texas, uh, I, had a, I had a really a really great run through the, the state of Texas this week, hit seven schools in just over two days. Um, and just running into NFL guys, picking their brains on how they're doing the, the, the preseason thing because I – you know, I've been here six years now, so I haven't, I haven't been in the NFL. And, and uh, they're just trying to get to week one. Um, they're trying to get all their, their, their top flight guys into week one healthy. So you're seeing all, it, this has just become kind of a showcase for the young guys in, a, in really a cool, you know, three-game schedule where they can either prove it to the team and make the team they're on or, or put enough good tape out there for them to be picked up by another team. But, uh, yeah, a lot of these guys aren't known to, to most casual football observers. But, uh for people that really get into it and people locally that are trying to keep their eye on certain mobile guys, uh, these games are a lot of fun. Well, I I'm going to make a suggestion, Jim, right here on the show, and it just came to my brain, okay? Because, of course, on Tuesdays you have hard knocks that come out on HBO, right? So with this being the 75th anniversary, I know you have plenty of, of guys who are, who are filming Senior Bowl practices, breaking it down, but when you go in depth, to break down and follow some of the senior bowl players and kind of put a montage together of the 75th anniversary or inside the practice and kind of put that out maybe in a 30 minute or an hour special on the NFL network to where it's nothing but Reese's senior bowl stuff the entire week from start to finish. I think that would be pretty cool as well. Corey, I have been pitching that idea, my man, for about six years now to the NFL Network, and it's to no avail. Uh, yeah, I've always been a fan of hard knocks, and I've always felt like, you know, the Senior Bowl, um, one of the reasons teams have some pushback against the hard knocks format is they're, it's, it's sensitive information, right? You know, you've got your playbook out there for the world to see, and and uh, you're building to see, but down here, I mean, this is, this is uh, 
you know, it's, it's you're not really coaching up your true playbook. It's a really pared down playbook. Um, so I've offered. I said, guys, well, doors are open. You got all access, whatever you want. Uh, and you've got all your camera people down here, and you've got all your on-air talent down here. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we do something hard knock style? Um, but we haven't got them to bite, so mm. um, we will, we we will stay at it. But I, I think it would be really compelling TV. I mean, you, you look at all the great documentaries that are, are being put out right now. I can't wait for the Florida Gators one, which I think oh, is yeah. coming out. And obviously, just saw the Johnny Manziel one the other day. Um, so people are eating this stuff up. Netflix is making a killing off these off these documentaries. So we would we would love to do it. If you guys know any uh, production team that wants to come down here and do it, uh, Corey, just send them my way. Absolutely. Jim Nagy, executive director from the Reese's Senior Bowl, joining us here on the final drive. And Jim, when you do start looking at preseason football, again, the, the hype that has gone behind the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, and, and they played a great game against the Saints last Sunday. But overall, as you've gone through a complete week of preseason, week number one is last night, we started with an 18 to 18 tie between Cleveland and Philadelphia. I like the fact that there's no overtime there, so you don't risk anyone else getting injured or hurt. But at the same time, what really stood out to you after preseason week number one in the NFL? Oh, geez, you're putting me on the spot there week one. I, I would just say, um, you know, some of the performances of the young guys that are that are getting out there. You know, I watched a little bit of, of what Bryce Young did, Anthony Richardson. Um, I probably paid the most attention to him just to see what that would look like. And, and again, there were there was a, a really bonehead throw against Buffalo on an interception. Uh, just a young guy mistake, and that's going to happen. But there were also a couple throws that, uh, you know, he rifled in over the, you know, just – zipping it by the ear of a linebacker um, that very few guys can make. So um, I think you saw the good and the bad, which would, you know, I'm sure the Colts are expecting pretty much through the rest of the season. Um, but he's going to be a fun player to watch. He really will. And, you know, you look at you look at this year's draft, and there's a guy up at Tennessee named Joe Mixon. I think if I'm Joe Mixon, I'm a uh, – uh, Joe Milton, I'm sorry, Joe Mel. If I'm Joe Milton, I'm keeping an eye on Anthony Richardson because if Anthony, you know, is showing showing what he can do by late in the year and really convincing the Colts that they picked the right guy, that's going to help Joe Milton because they're uh, they're very similar prospects. So Bryce Young, you know, didn't have the best start against the Jets. Do you have any worries about you know his size and how bad he was getting popped those few plays? You have to, yeah, you have to. There's no hiding from that in the evaluation of Bryce. I mean, and that was really the only, that was the only thing that gave you pause. Because from a skill set perspective, he's he's what you want, and he, from the from the neck up, um, the work habits, uh, you know, the intelligence. I mean, he's got all that stuff. So it's really just a size thing. Uh, he didn't get hit a lot at, at uh, Alabama, and he can he can move around, and that's. But at the next level, everything moving faster, you're really you're one hit away. So, uh, but it's a roll of the dice. And I said that I said that last draft process. Scott Fitter, the GM of the of the Panthers, is a guy that I worked with in Seattle for a number of years, and and uh, he did the same thing I would have done. You know, I mean, I, I would have rolled those dice too. I mean, you need you need a quarterback, so um, he's going to be uncomfortable most Sundays. You know, keeping his fingers crossed that, that Bryce doesn't get roughed up too much, but but uh, he's got too many things to like. But yeah, certainly size is size is always going to be a concern there. Jim, something you normally see, you mentioned how the players kind of are being rested up, the starters, that is, through the preseason and really not getting a lot of reps. But your QB1, as, of course, Bryce Young named QB1. You see him getting reps. Richardson, you see him QB1 getting reps. 
C.J. Stroud, you see him QB1 getting reps. All as rookies, but the 2022 class that included Senior Bowl alum Kenny Pickett, now with Desmond Ritter, Brock Purdy, and Sam Howell, all 2022 drafted QBs now getting a chance to really take the reins of the franchise. Kenny Pickett's that guy that really through the latter part of last season, he's one of those guys that showed why he definitely could be a QB1. Yeah, absolutely, Corey. Uh, you know, Kenny, Kenny showed he belonged last year, and I think Desmond Ritter, um, you know, did enough in the final month of the season in Atlanta to, that really gave him an opportunity to go through the offseason as a starter. I know there was some fan pressure up in Atlanta to maybe draft a quarterback, and uh, I think he showed the, the organization enough where they said, let's, let's stick with this guy for another year. And, you know, they had B. John Robinson, the great running back, so we'll, we'll see what that looks like. I'm glad they gave Dez another year. Um, it's almost like a couple years ago with Jalen Hurts. I thought he showed enough, but there was also some fan pressure in Philly to move on and, and draft one the year before. And, and look, look what Philly got rewarded with last year, a, a guy that, that was runner-up for the MVP and took him to the Super Bowl. So not saying Desmond Ritter is going to do that, um, but I like the loyalty factor. I like that Atlanta stuck with him and, and uh, riding with him in the year two as a starter. Listen, Jim, I'm a Falcons guy, so let's not rule that out right away, right? We <laughs> still have the possibilities. That's a versatile offense. I think he can do a lot. Uh, but, look, I, I, I wasn't one of those fans that was given pressure. I'm like Arthur Blank. I think we got the quarterback of the future right there. I think he's Alex think, Smith. Yeah. Alex Smith, if he could run a 4-4. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. No, Des the athlete. I think people sleep on how athletic Des is. Um, and I like, their, I like their skill group, Nick. Like you said, I mean, bringing in Bijan and – you know, Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson and Drake London. I mean, they've, they've got a really varied group of players uh, bring different things to the table. So, um, and people forget, Dez took that team to the college football playoff. He's right. the first first quarterback to ever lead a, a group of five school to the playoff. And, yeah, I know they got rolled by Alabama. Um, but to get a team there, uh, it was pretty impressive, man. He, he completely lifted that program. I, I, I think people forget what Cincinnati was before Desmond Ritter got there. There were some lean years, um, you know, after Brian Kelly and Butch Jones left. They hit a little rut there. So, um, yeah, he's a good player, man. I'm, I'm excited for your Falcons. I think they, they got a chance to be one of the surprise teams this year. Well, you're looking at high school football starting a week from tonight, Thursday night lights, followed by Friday night lights, of course, excited about the Senior Bowl, always giving back to the community. I know a couple of weeks ago you had a chance to present those checks to, to different schools across Mobile and Baldwin counties and that part of engagement that you guys have with the community and the way it's tied in. Again, it's Senior Bowl 365. The draft starts here in Mobile, but it also starts with the generosity of the Reese's Senior Bowl being able to give back to its own community. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big deal for us, Corey. We need to do that. Um, and again, it does. It starts at the lower levels. That's why we've got the flag leagues, and we do the Turkey Bowl on Thanksgiving that you come to and, and help support um, for the for the youth tackle leagues. And we're just trying to do what we can to uh, use our platform to support every level. And we'll be to, we'll be at a high school game every week. We haven't decided where we'll be next Friday. Uh, to kick off the season, but we'll be at a game every Friday night here in the community. You'll see us out there. The, the nice thing about the program we got rolling is that uh, all these different programs have different needs, whether it's you know a, an equipment need, 
uh, you know, jerseys, pants, some sort of pads, mouth guards, or, you know, we were at Viger a couple weeks ago and they bought field paint. You know, they needed uh, that was part of their allocation. They, they had to buy some field paint, which uh, we know in this office that that can be expensive because we have to buy it out for our flag. But he gets South Alabama, so we uh, we you don't think about how much paint would cost until you have to buy a ton of it. Um, but it is. It's nice that we can every, serve every all the different needs of the different teams, and uh, excited to get high school football kicked off down here. So many, so many, so many talented players in this year's class. Um, should be a fun year. Absolutely. It's going to be a blast. And the Senior Bowl 75 is going to be spectacular, folks. And again, SeniorBowl.com, always when tickets go on sale, you you want to make sure that you hit that SeniorBowl.com and you support the 251 in the city. And it's going to be a very special year leading up to the 2024 kickoff in February. Jim, can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us this afternoon on the final drive. Look forward to talking with you in a couple of weeks as we will actually have the senior bowl watch list out we'll be keeping an eye on those players through the first couple of weeks and touching bases with you very soon uh i look forward to it i know we got our show our weekly show coming up i think on wednesdays if, if that's yes, not sir. mistaken yep. Corey. but uh it'll be fun it'll be fun going through the season with you man i'm looking forward to it Jim Nagy, executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, joining us this afternoon on the final drive, and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Jimmy Ripple from Gator Boys, and you're listening to WNSP on 105.5. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LaBounty joined by Nick Wiggins on this Friday afternoon. Hope everyone's had a very productive work week. And once again, we want to thank everyone for showing their support and coming out to Heroes on yesterday to celebrate WNSP's 30th anniversary fall football preview party. Very successful event. Want to thank all our special guests and all of our listeners for coming out to support and make sure you're on the lookout for the next time you can catch one of those WNSP t-shirts and giveaways as you always want to be on the lookout for that, especially with you have Lee along with Mark in the opening kickoff getting ready for their high school game day every Thursday and Friday at different locations across Mobile and Baldwin County, yeah. so you want to make sure you catch up with them. They're going to be starting out Fairhope on Thursday, and they'll be at Baker on Friday. So it's exciting stuff, man. But look, some more exciting stuff in the sports media world. So look, we did a little rearranging here. Michael went and joined Mark and Lee in the morning. I'm here with you, Corey. There's a similar kind of rearrangement happening on ESPN. Shannon Sharp is leaving undisputed. We knew that. Leave Skip Bayless, but now it's official. He will be joining Stephen A. Smith for two days out the week on first take. What do you think about that, man? I think that two days out of the week is definitely right on par because, I mean, he has Mad Dog on on Wednesdays. Yeah. And, and that's always an interesting segment when those get on. And because of the troubles that Michael Irving has had. You used to love to see Michael Irving on there debating with Stephen A. about their love and lack of love for the Cowboys. So when you're not able to be treated to that due to Michael Irving's 
pending legal situations that are going on. Of course, you, you can turn to, to Mr. Sharp, and he'll have some right-on sharp opinions to go along with Stephen A. always being vocal. How and do you, How do you think Skip's feeling, man? I know Skip, he's got Lil Wayne coming on a couple times, so that's interesting. Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's going to be on a little bit as well. Do you think Skip's feeling a little... You think he's feeling some type of way having Shannon basically leave his show, which is the exact same as First Take, to go join his old show with his old partner that really put him on the map? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think he's feeling some kind of way because he's struggling to find that competitive edge and to go ahead and step to the top and, and to ruin the ratings of one First Take. It's going to be hard to do when a lot of people only watched his show undisputed because of Sharp's Bannon. opinion. Right. And I think that, you know, two days out of the week, that's going to be an L in the ratings category for undisputed, for sure. Uh, you, you can bring in Lil Wayne, Big Wayne. It's not going <laughs> to matter when you start having these two guys sit and debate Stephen A. and Sharp because neither one of them lacking opinions That's right. and, and feeling that their opinion is right and everyone else's is wrong, regardless whether they want anyone else to believe it. But them, and sometimes they don't even believe it themselves. That's right. But they can sell it, though. Absolutely <laughs> can sell it and, and will sell it because a lot of people will be tuning in to see what he has to say in regards to Sharp joining Stephen A. So it'll be Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp with the verbal jabs going at one another. The final drive will be right back here on WNSP 105.5. And don't forget, at 5 o'clock, we have Jake Crane coming up. Crane and company, he'll be telling us about his thoughts on the Auburn Tigers naming the QB1 and what to expect in college football's kickoff here coming up as well. The final drive on WNSP 105.5. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Monty Burke, author of Saban, The Making of a Coach. You're listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5 FM. Welcome back to the final drive. Nick Wiggins, Corey LeBounty. Look, man, when he had Jim Nagy on, he was showing my Atlanta Falcons some love. He sees the vision that I see. Other people, they just choose to be blind. But it's there, the versatility, <laughs> the skill, the athleticism. The possibilities are endless. And we're going to be able to see a preview of that tonight. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, they're going to play their starters, at least for a couple drives, uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. No Joe Burrow, obviously, still dealing with that leg injury. Don't want to risk anything. But he might be able to play week one, even though Jamar Chase says, hey, have him sit till week four. I want to make sure that he's extra healthy. But... Look, man, Atlanta Falcons, preseason action. We did really well. Defense looked good against Miami. I think we're going to have a good game tonight. I'm excited to see Bijan for the first time in that Falcons uniform. Desmond Ritter with that new number. He switched numbers in the offseason. I think it's going to be good, man. I'm high on those Falcons. You're going to be able to move Cordero Patterson, who's our running back. Now, you remember, he used to be a wide receiver. So you can put him at the slot. B. 
Bijan, we've seen all the clips on Twitter, right, of him breaking the linebacker's ankles and going out for a pass. So the possibilities are endless. You got John U. Smith coming in, a real true tight end playing that position so you could put Kyle Pitts at a wide receiver slot. It's exciting. I know Arthur Smith is excited, and I'm right there with him. Well, if you're the Atlanta Falcons, as far as trying to go ahead and, and reestablish yourself as a division leader and a division contender in the NFC South, I think that between the Saints and the Falcons, you're definitely going to have a game or, or a series to where that's what it's going to come down to. And that's what you want. I mean, if you're you're on that Falcons fence like you are, if you're down here along the Gulf Coast and and all that true Saints fans, the NFC South was, was abysmal a year ago, and we talked about it about Desmond Ritter having an opportunity to to gain a little confidence himself. But as far as from a preseason standpoint, I'm really looking forward to seeing Bijan because he was fun to watch at Texas yeah. and this Bengals defense of course you know preseason football the Falcons favored by six and a half but that is two of the matchups that you'll get tonight of course also you'll have Carolina and the Giants and Bryce Young if he takes as many pops as he took a week ago against the Jets, then what you're going to see is the coaching staff. If you think on hard knocks that Coach Sala went crazy and ham on his offensive line telling them what they needed to do, you just imagine what Coach Wright is going to be saying oh, yeah. to the Panthers' offensive line. Because it, as you're getting closer and closer to regular season week one of action, which you're going to give Bryce less snaps because he's continued to take a licking. Right, and that, that's where it's tough because, you know, you don't want him to get hurt, so maybe you play it safe and you say, you know what, let's just sit him. But you you have to play him. you got to see what he can do. you got to let him get his feet wet. And it's just that's the – just like Jim Nagy said, everything else it's like check, check, A+, plus, A+, plus, A+. Plus. But then when it comes to that size, that's where you're a little weary and in, in week one of the preseason, we see it come to fruition. We're all cringing every time he takes a, you know, a drop back. And that offensive line, you know, hey, shout out Bradley Bozeman. You might be the one that is, but no one else is really doing him any favors out there. Is he going to finish 18 weeks? Bryce Young, will, will he no. make it through 18 weeks of football? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to. I'm not going to say he's a bust or anything like that, but I think CJ out in Houston and Richardson in Indianapolis are going to have better rookie years. I'll say that. Is it is it because they have better offensive lines? Probably. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't put it all on Bryce. Like, imagine if Bryce Young was behind the best offensive line in football like he was at Alabama, right? It's a little different in the NFL the margins get a lot closer on talent. But, I mean, if you put a good offensive line and you get some good skill players out there, I mean, Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, and you got Chark out there, that's not too bad. But that offensive line has got to help Bryce Young in, in the ways 
Bryce Young is a plus in his skill and his vision and his IQ, but he is a liability in his size. So the offensive line has to make up for that, and I don't think Carolina is going to be able to you know, hit that mark this year. There, there's some great Saturday matchups for preseason football, too, because Jacksonville at Detroit, Miami at Houston, Buffalo and Pittsburgh, and you have Chicago at Indy, Tampa Bay at the Jets. We'll see all about that on Hard Knocks for sure. Kansas City at Arizona, Tennessee at Minnesota, New England at Green Bay is another one. Denver at San Francisco, the Raiders are going to play at the Rams and the Cowboys and Seattle to finish out primetime, the Saints and the Chargers as well. If there's something or someone that really piqued your interest in week one going into week two, is there a particular player? Is there a particular team outside, of course, your Atlanta Falcons? I'm curious about the Green Bay Packers. What does life look like after Aaron Rodgers? Because that team didn't change much. Really, it's just you're, you're, you know, you're losing Aaron Rodgers and you're going with love. I, he didn't look bad in preseason week one. I, you know, you just want to keep seeing those reps because I don't necessarily think people are really writing the Packers off. I don't think people are saying, oh, they're going to have a top five draft pick. But, you know, everyone is really all in on Detroit this year out of that division, even though. The Vikings had such a great year last year, but you do lose Dalvin Cook uh, on that offense, who was, you know, your go-to running force. Uh, that's who I'm curious about to see how the Packers end up, you know, I I'm playing more, out. I'm more curious to see Malik Cunningham in that game because okay. Malik Cunningham is one of those players, again, an undrafted free agent right. for the New England Patriots. You come in as – on paper, not even a quarterback. You come in as a wide receiver slash special teams player, and, and in week one in the preseason, you turn around, you lead them on a touchdown drive, you have elite rushing yardage, you're breaking ankles and, and making defenders miss to where Bailey Zappi, when he's looking at Malik Cunningham, now Cunningham does not enter the game until the fourth quarter. But when he does come in late in the fourth quarter with about nine minutes left, he immediately makes his impact known. And I want to see more out of him to see how if he is really going to truly develop at quarterback or whether he's truly going to develop at wide receiver. That's that's what I want to see. And as far as Tampa Bay, I know this past week, Cephas Johnson the third from right here at Davidson High School, he has an opportunity to become on that roster as a wide receiver. So we could possibly see him on hard knocks playing or getting some action for the Buccaneers. So that's something I'm looking forward to seeing as well. I can, and I'll, I'll give you a Tampa Bay Buccaneers hot take. All right. I think the Buccaneers, they could be – I'm going to say that they're not going to be as bad as everyone says they are. And they might even be pretty good. Let's think, people. Baker Mayfield got traded to Carolina right before the season started, right? And they placed him there as a starter over Darnold. Didn't work out. They trade him to L.A. In that first game he played for the Rams, he was pretty good. Baker Mayfield has not 
had time to learn a whole offense, be there for a whole offseason in two, three years. Now, all of a sudden, here he is in Tampa Bay. He is the guy. Baker Mayfield is the guy. This is a former first pick of the draft, guys. And look at his receiver talent that he's got to throw to. This is the best receiving core Baker Mayfield has ever had as a pro. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Russell Gage. Russell Gage, former Falcon. You also have Seafish Johnson the third. That's what I'm saying. Like the the cards are in Baker Mayfield's favor. I'll say that. Now, do I think they're gonna make the playoffs? No. But a lot of people have them winning three, four games. They could easily win seven games. I'm gonna go the under, Nick. Okay. You're going seven well, easily. The, I think the over under is four and a half. I, I, okay. I, I'll give them I'll give them five wins. Yep. on the season. I, I'll be kind to Tampa Bay and say five because you're looking at, uh, again, across the board, when you look at a Houston franchise that, that wins three games, they're, they're going to be playing the Miami Dolphins this weekend. And, and I know that our, our good friend Tua Tungabailoa, you want to play quarterback in the NFL. On the other side of this break right here, we'll break down and we'll let you know how difficult it can be here, to look, translate. We, we we can play it because after this, we're going to talk to my guy, Zach Noble. Okay. Uh, he's going to give us um, some real in-depth James Harden updates. He knows all the nitty-gritty of it. But look, like you were saying, Tua, we all think, you know, we're what those, what do they call it, the armchair quarterback, Absolutely. that couch quarterback. But it's not as easy as we may all think. Let's hear what Tua had to say to uh, the Miami press. I, I can give you guys a play, and then if you guys want to repeat it after me, as if you guys were in the huddle, you guys can. All right. Should I go once or twice saying it? Once. Once? All right. We got North right, Clamp, South Fox, H-Top, Pass 38, Top Gumby, XP, Sweat. Let's go. Anyone? Nick Wiggins, that means you're going deep. North right, Clamps, Fox, 25, X, 13. Uh, I think you forgot I, Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, top Gun. You forgot Top Gun. That's tough, man. So, so just know that that's the play call for you to go deep. That's your route on that play call right there. That's tough. I'd be in that huddle like, I need that one more time, man. <laughs> that, that verbiage that goes in to, to when they say you need to be in your playbook, that means you got to get in your playbook because there are only certain words that pertain to your position and the snap count. But if you're not paying attention, you, you're in, you can't be in the huddle and say, to call that back one more time you, you can't do it it just can't happen right the verbiage unparalleled in the nfl james harden he's made a lot of noise this week will he even play in the nba next year or will he stay in china hey we'll, we'll get love that him update. out there yeah absolutely we'll get an update on james harden will he or won't he be a philadelphia 76 or coming up next here on the final drive My name is Sherman Williams, former running back for the University of Alabama and the Dallas Cowboys. And I wake up each morning listening to WNSP 105.5. Welcome back to the final drive with myself and the host with the most, the best on the Gulf Coast, best in Mobile and Baldwin County, Corey LaBounty. All right, so look, we did WNSP Now Live double team two days ago. 
We talked about the James Harden situation. Steven Root says that I'm sipping the James Harden Kool-Aid, defending him. He's saying he should be lucky to even be in the league. Well, let's talk to a guy who I follow on Twitter, Zach Noble with Ball is Life. He always has the best takes and the best information, especially when it comes to James Harden. So let's talk to him right now. Zach, how you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for thinking of me. Yeah, man, no problem. So, Zach, can you, can for our listeners, can you very briefly summarize this whole James Harden situation? Yeah, so um, going back uh, Houston, let's say, start there, and uh, there's never been a relationship in probably the last 15 years between a GM and a player that is more tightly connected um, career-wise and just um, – Closeness as Daryl Morey and James Harden. Um, Daryl crafted his entire career essentially around James Harden um, from the way the Houston Rockets played, um, taking a chance on James Harden early, uh, just crafting all those teams in Houston all around James Harden. And they had one of the greatest relationships, uh, player and GM of all time, um, which is quite unfortunate how this is unfolding because never phone relationships happen like that. But the part of business it, it happened for sure so uh james when uh he realized houston didn't have a chance to win uh, which you hit that roadblock at times in certain locations and uh, with certain gms daryl certainly um, had opportunities just couldn't close them to build a team good enough uh, to take down arguably the greatest team of all time in golden state and some other juggernauts there and so james rightfully uh, wanted out and gave everything he had to Houston. I think it's overblown how he's treated unfairly. It just sucks in the NBA what you have to do to get out of a situation these days. Um, Houston fans like to make fun of the situation now, but they should be grateful because I think they have the youngest core um, in today's game. I love their young core, and it's all thanks to James Harden, honestly. Uh, for asking out when he did, and he rushed the process. So instead of getting to Philadelphia with Daryl because um, the stubborn ownership of Houston, uh, they sent him to Brooklyn, which is a great destination, uh, was on track to be one of the greatest teams of all time, and then COVID hit. Um, and James didn't know how long um, was going to be out, didn't know how long things were going to be in limbo. So uh, the coaching situation was tough. Steve Nash is a first-time coach um, trying to keep up with these stars and, and not running a system conducive to their playing ability. So uh, Harden, I mean, rightfully so with injuries of KD and um, question there, he wanted out. So, I mean, they're, they're pretty solid reasons. I thought he wanted out of both places and finally gets to where he wants to go. The hug coming off that plane to Philadelphia – um, just uh, so tightly mapped with Daryl Murray. It's just funny you can picture it like yesterday, but um, only about a year and a half, two years ago now, and he um, reunited. And it was a match made in heaven on the court, too, with Embiid, perfect pick and roll. James Harden um, sacrifices once again because that's who he is. He, he literally, I mean, Action speaks louder than words. Yes, actions off the court are different than actions on the court. Well, actions on the court, I think, are the only thing that matters as a player. Um, and there's highs and lows with James Harden, that's for sure. Can't ignore that. But um, their uh, first year, they just fell a little short in the playoffs due to Embiid's injuries again. 
um, and chemistry, and he's not good enough, okay? And then Maxie's getting better. Um, before he talked Harden, this is last summer, talked James Harden into taking a massive pay cut. I mean, only players that can really even consider that um, close pay cuts are like Tim Duncan and LeBron in Miami in the greatest situations of all time. This isn't even close to those situations. And so the fact that James Harden took a pay cut to bring in not very good role players, like Daryl Morey didn't even capitalize on the amount of James Harden cleared up for him. So it's like, was it really even worth it? Probably not. Um, but James Harden did it anyways. Great regular season. Changes his game, adapts. He plays exactly Doc Rivers' game. It's tough because Doc is one of those coaches that really ignores all the role players besides even the best player. And that's that was under the radar. I mean, all year it was like role players talked about how they just kind of were ignored in practice and everything was just about Joel Embiid. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't understand Harden getting uh, – your star treatment type of thing. Um, and he's taking the backseat to Embiid, which is fine. He knew he was going to, and that's why he was excited to pair with Embiid too, but not to the point um, that Daryl Moore let him. But anyways, they had a wink-wink promise. That seems to be certain. Uh, halfway through the year, um, I'd say ownership uh, leaked down to Daryl Moore saying, no, let's not do this deal uh, with James Harden. Let's not give him any money. And so Harden, my guess, this is where things get a little blurry um, and the reports to Houston. Um, James Harden's camp, I, there's no reports who leaked. It could have been Philly's side just to help build traction or whatever. Could have been on Harden's side. My guess is Harden's team caught wind that Zach, I, I hate to cut you off, man, but right here at the break, we're going to have to get you on next week for a longer time. Before we let you go, go ahead and plug where people can find the rest of your NBA coverage. Hit me on Twitter, Zach Noble, Z-A-K-N-O-B-L-E, um, Zach Noble, ball, all things ball is life. Thank you. Appreciate it, Zach. And that's right, James Harden is innocent. Free that man. The Sound of Mobile presents... The final drive. No, they didn't. Oh, my gracious. Yep. How about that? With Corey Labounty and Dick Wiggins. For the win. Yes. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. Oh, oh, unbelievable. Welcome to our number three of the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labounty. Joined by Nick Wiggins this Friday evening. Thanks, everyone, for tuning and locking us in. Of course, you can always tune and lock us in on the free Sound of Mobile app. Download that to any Android or Apple device that you may have. You can interact with us here on the WNSP app or give us a call the old-fashioned way. 251-694-1055 is how you can get in touch with us. And our next guest is no stranger to Mobile, Alabama, and the listening audience here, Jake Crane from, again, Crane and Company, joining us this evening. Jake, how's everything going, my brother? Man, we are eight sleeps away. 
from college football kicking off. I just wish I could just sleep for eight days and then wake up. <laughs> I tell you, that's a dream come true. I, you wait for so long with the anticipation. And, of course, we had our little tease about a month ago at SEC Media Days. It was my first yep. SEC Media Days along with Nick Wiggins, my partner here. And we really enjoyed it watching you guys work at Crane & Company as well. And, of course, the big-time college football talk coming off of yesterday was the Auburn Tigers naming Peyton Thorne as yeah. their QB1, and there had been so much speculation. How long will it go on and mirror each other in the state of Alabama? Is it going to be Alabama or Auburn who names a quarterback first? Well, Auburn wins that race. Yeah, and, and look, every, everybody's on their own timeline. Obviously, every circumstance is different. Uh, this wasn't a shocker. I'm sure you guys weren't shocked by it, and we actually – uh, Crane and company let off the show with it this morning and, and really dove into all the quarterback battles across the country because, you know, typically there's a lot of quarterback battles going on, but I can't remember the last time that there was as many quarterback battles going on at big-time places. Like, you look at Alabama, you look at Ohio State, I mean, even Georgia, even though we feel like, you know, Carson Beck's really going to win it. You look at UCLA, uh, a lot of very intriguing battles that, that are going to have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, bearing on on where teams end up at the top so uh look it, it, when it comes down to it the three things that that i think are the most important after we know that peyton thorne's the guy number one is it's all about the system right uh if peyton thorne's able to run the ball just well enough he doesn't have to be michael vick or lamar jackson but in this rpo and this dual threat zone read action type offense the defense has to think the quarterback at least is a threat to run it for it to operate at the highest efficiency. The second thing is, how far along is the chemistry between Peyton Thorne and the wide receiver and running back room? That's not something you can accomplish in the meeting room. And now that you know he didn't go through a spring practice, did he have enough reps to have that? And then the third, and the one that's out of his control is, how good is Auburn's offensive line going to be? Because I don't care if you're Peyton Manning. I don't care if you're Michael Vick. If your offensive line isn't good, the quarterback play can't be good. So there's still some questions, but I don't think anybody's shocked by this announcement. Absolutely not, not being shocked by the announcement for certain, but you mentioned something that a lot of Auburn fans really were frustrated with one year ago, that offensive line play. And with the new head coach come in and addressing that immediately, and even though yeah. you'll have players that weren't there in the spring and you continue to hit the portal, again, you must be rooted at the offensive line position to have any success period. I don't care if you just look at Bryce Young a year ago staying mm -hmm. healthy and upright. You protect him two years ago. He wins your Heisman. When you don't, look what happens to him. And the same thing with yeah. Auburn. Yeah, well, I don't care if you run the triple option or you run the air raid. The game of football is won and lost up front. There's been a lot of teams that have had a lot of success by being a lead up front and okay everywhere else. There's not a lot of teams, if any, that I can remember off the top of my head that have had a ton of success that were bad up front and elite everywhere else. It's the heart of the body. It's the engine of the car. That's what makes you go. And, and that's how we've seen teams not only bridge the gap, 
but usurped the teams that were ahead of them, right? How did Georgia get to where they're at right now? They did it up front. How did Michigan overtake Ohio State? They did it up front. How did Utah start running the Pac-12, even though USC is basically the Harlem Globetrotters? They did it up front. I mean, you can look at Kansas State and Baylor and Oklahoma State and TCU, uh, Clemson as well. There's a common narrative and a common theme. And outside of all the roster moves, when you look at all of it that, that Hugh Freeze has done and his staff has done, the most important is what they've done up front. And that's going to dictate not only uh, your ability to win some games you shouldn't, but to be able to survive a season with all the attrition that we know that comes along with it. It's not just about your first five on the offensive line. It's not just about your first four on the defensive line. It's depth. That's what it comes down to. And I think Hugh Freeze and his staff have done an unbelievable job of flipping that script. And, and Corey, I'll even go back, not just last year, the end of the Gus Malzahn era. I mean, Auburn went from a program that, that prided itself up front to basically turn it into a Swiss cheese factory. All it was missing was Guy Fieri and Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, look, man, so Hugh Freeze has got some good things cooking in the kitchen, right, at Auburn. Yep. Over there in Alabama and Tuscaloosa with Nick Saban. Look, they got a big matchup come week two. They've got their own little quarterback depth uh, battle going on. How nervous should Alabama fans be if come week two against Texas, they're still not a set go-to starter? Well, you know, it's it's a high-class problem they have over at Alabama. Uh, you know, they're, they're deciding, do I want the pillars or the columns? But, but in all seriousness, I think, you know, when you look at Alabama, what's been the, the biggest, uh, one of the biggest things that, that has led Nick Saban to, to build that dynasty at Alabama and, and raise the standard? And Alabama's always had really high standards. But get it back to, to where it was, you know, before they kind of had that slump. Uh, a lot of it's been continuity, right? You've had the same identity. Well, it seems like, the past couple years, they've become, you know, not more finesse, uh, but more willing to be a little more rock and roll than old school country when it comes down to up front. You're trying to transition back to that 12 personnel, 11 personnel, downhill, run the pass, play action, more of the A.J. McCarron, Jake Coker style of offense. But when you're going through that transition, the roster management side of it's huge. And we don't talk about roster management enough in college football. That's all we talk about in the NFL. But Nick Saban's one of the best all time. But this year, when's the last time Alabama had to replace a left tackle and a quarterback in the same year? You don't see that a lot. And that's by design. Not only that, now you're transitioning back to that old school style of bully ball. So you add all those things together. And I don't know if nervous is the word, but, but I think it, 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 there's a lot more unknowns this year with Alabama than there has been in a while. I think the spectrum of results could go anywhere from 9-3 and three to 12-0. and 0. I don't think we'd be unbelievably surprised by either, even though Alabama hasn't lost or hasn't won uh, less than double-digit games in the regular season in the last 15 years. But you're in the middle of this transition. Either way you come out of it, your quarterback's not going to have a ton of experience. I tend to think it's going to be between Ty Simpson and Tyler Buckner just because of the system. I don't think Jalen Milroe, as talented, as witchy, and as extraterrestrial as he is when it comes to athleticism, I don't know if he's built for that type of system. I don't think he his game right now at least translates to that style of system. Then you look at Tyler Buckner. He didn't have a ton of experience, and Ty Simpson is coming straight out of high school. So you look at that week two game, that's a big game against a Texas team that does have experience, that is good up front, that feels like they're in the best position they've been in in a while. So when it comes to litmus tests, 
week two is going to be huge for Alabama, and I can understand Alabama fans uh, being, I guess you could say, nervous, but a little bit more of, of scared of the unknown. We're speaking with Jake J. Boy Crane, host of the National Sports Show, Crane and Company, and we're excited to announce Jake will be joining us every Friday at 3.30 here mm. on the final drive to, to break down not only the Auburn Tigers, the Alabama Crimson Tide, but college football in general. And Jake, also, when you start looking at the AP Top 25, the coaches Top 25, do preseason polls even matter? or is it just great banter for us talking heads? Uh, well, number one, I'm so excited to be joining you guys weekly. You know, the amount of respect I have for y'all and WNSP in general, y'all do great work. Uh, you know, me being down in, in Mobile, too, at, at South Alabama during my playing and coaching career, you know, I've I absolutely fallen in love with what you guys have done, and y'all do it the right way. So, look, hey, you don't find the clutch guys until the final drive, so I'm glad to be a part of it every Friday. But when it comes down – when it comes down to the, the preseason polls, you know, back in the day when when the preseason polls, I mean, I can go back to 2004 Auburn, when it was kind of in the formula of, of how they decided who was there at the end, it mattered a lot more. I think it's more toward the banter side, but there's a couple things, guys, that, that I don't understand, that I, that I need people to treat me like a three-year-old in, in Sam's Club and just hold my hand and walk me around and explain it to me. You know, listen, I, I know that USC, they're a sexy pick. Lincoln Riley's offense, they're basically the Globetrotters. But to win the national championship, to be a legitimate national championship contender, you have to be a balanced team. Like, there hasn't been a team that's won a national championship that wasn't at least good on defense. We've seen this over and over again with Lincoln Riley, going back to when he was at Oklahoma, and eventually if somebody shows you who they are, you have to believe them. He's had Kyler Murray. He's had Baker Mayfield. I can go down the list. He's got Caleb Williams, but they can't stop anybody on defense. They've averaged giving up 52 points a game in the five bowl games they've played in, including the playoff against Georgia that have mattered. You have to be able to stop somebody at some point. So spare me. We put USC at number 11 in our AP Top 25, and I feel like I was being generous because even if they are better on defense, better from where they were gets you to average. And in the Pac-12, in the greatest – irony of all time their last year as a conference in my opinion is probably going to be the best one they've had from a physicality and depth standpoint from top to bottom the second one is ohio state listen i get they have the avengers at the wide receiver group but they just lost both their tackles and their center to the nfl they just lost cj stroud they, they've got a quarterback battle that if you keep up with what ryan day is saying he's not exactly super jacked and tan about the way it's working out he'd much rather have named a guy by now but neither one one of them is blown out of the water, and you've got to go to a Wisconsin team that I think is underrated, and you have to go to Michigan, who started to run that division like it's a track meet here lately. So, you know, I, I, I don't understand how Alabama's in front of LSU, but you can make an argument for that because they play LSU at home, but I can't sit here and make a legitimate argument for why I should put Ohio State and USC in the top four when they've got more questions than the Riddler. 
<laughs> Absolutely. A lot of those Riddler question marks will be addressed next Saturday for sure when we put toe to leather. But outside mm, of – yeah, Yes, it, sir. Absolutely. When, when you do look outside of the top 25, just college football in general getting started up and, and divisionless football coming to the Southeastern Conference next year with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. And, of course, I could not have imagined a month ago the implosion of the Pac-12 happening this quickly as far as at, at a rapid, rapid rate. I mean, it, it just whoosh evaporated right in front of us all. But, again, reclassification for all conferences in 2024, the expansion to the 12 in the college football playoffs. Where is that going to leave us here at the end of this year as we're going to be out with the old, in with the new? You know, I, I think sometimes you have two types of people, right? The people that are afraid of change and the people that embrace change. I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. When it comes to conference real you know, I thought the whole point of conferences was regionality. You know, that's why some of them are called the Mountain West and the Atlantic Coast Conference and the Southeastern Conference. Uh, I'm not, I, I, I'm not, not oh. I think we lost him. Jake, you there? Yeah, we lost him. That's all right. Jake Crane. Again, Crane and Company will definitely be joining us every single Friday at 3.30. And Jake Crane joining us back here on the final drive. And Jake was in mid-thought about the regionality of conference realignment and, and what a conference means. The Southeastern Conference was the last thing we heard from you, Jake. Uh, yeah, man, I guess, you know, uh, maybe I shouldn't have said anything bad about USC. Maybe I got the computer attacked. I don't know. Uh, but when, when, it, when it comes down to what, what I was saying about the 12-team playoff and it expanding, I do think over time it is going to increase parity for a couple reasons. Not that it's going to happen year one. Uh, parity in college football is like trying to fix an economy. You don't just flip a light switch and all of a sudden it's fixed. It has to happen over time. It's a lot of good decisions made over time. But one of the reasons, and it all goes back to recruiting, right? Personnel runs the team. Personnel runs the company. You're only as good as the employees you hire. You're only as good as the players that you sign. And then you try and mold them into your development style and your culture. But being able to go in that living room and say, hey, guess what? Because even with NIL, one of the biggest pitches to recruits is being able to get them to the NFL. Because if you've ever recruited, you know that every kid and and every parent or grandparent or uncle or auntie thinks their kid's going to the NFL, so they see dollar signs. It's, it's another way to make a lot of money. And to be able to get drafted as high as possible and make that amount of money, you need to play in big-time games against other NFL players. Well, since you've had a system where there are only two teams, now there are only four teams, there's a very short amount of teams that can go in that living room and say, hey, guess what? We can offer you a chance to play for a championship and give you a chance to have that tape where the scouts look at it and it can change your draft status from a third-rounder to a first-rounder, from undrafted to a third-rounder. 
to be able to really get you in that spotlight. And even if you're the nine seed, or you're, imagine TCU right now. The, the amount of ammo they have going and sitting in a living room with that five-star offensive tackle that may have just gone to, gone to Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State, or that five-star defensive end that may have gone to those same schools because they offered an opportunity that you just couldn't match regardless of how, you know, uh, how good you were at talking the talk. So I think over time with more teams being able to get to the dance you will have parity now that doesn't mean that there's going to be more than three maybe four teams that can win a national championship but it gets you into the door more where it matters and that's up front and on the edge of the line of scrimmage all right jake before we let you go i gotta ask you did you see the Deion sanders practice clip that was going viral no what about him wanting his guys to fight yeah what what's your opinion on that yeah, uh, this is this is something we hit on. Here's here's the way I look at it. You know, I, I was in it. I did it for nine years. Did it for six and a half years at a Division One level. You want to preach competitiveness. You want to preach toughness. You want to preach physicality. Now, the funny part is, you won't see a lot of older guys fight because they've been through it and they realize it just wears them out and you have to go through all these practices uh, and, and you don't want to be tired halfway through practice. But it's not as much as going out there and taking off a helmet and swinging or swinging at somebody with a helmet on. That's just stupid. But it shows that you're willing to do whatever it takes to protect your teammates, whether you're on one side of the ball or the other. But let's call it spade a spade that you're really about that life. Now, the lesson is, hey, we're at practice. Sometimes things happen. I want all of us to be in this together. I want all of us to be competitive. But the lesson is, we have to understand that if something happens during a game and you come off the sidelines, you're thrown out. If something happens during the game and they want to fight, let them swing at you with a helmet on. They'll break their hand and we'll get the 15-yard penalty. So I understand what he was doing. I get it. I've been out there. I've had to try and break up some of those fights, especially with the offensive line and defensive line, which is like basically being in a, a scene from real steel. But you want to be smart about it. There's a balance there. And, and I don't blame Dion for that. I, I think the message was good. Can't thank you enough, Jake, for taking time out of your schedule to join us here on the final drive. Like you said, kid in the candy store this time next week for certain because oh, man. we'll have high school football actually to talk about because here in Mobile, they kick off on Thursday night and, of course, Friday mm -hmm. and Saturday. We have the Viger Blunt game next Saturday, which is one of the greatest rivalries in high school football that has produced some of the, the biggest names that you have ever heard of. Yeah. as well but jake 3:30 on fridays right here on the final drive jake crane from crane and company how can everyone tune in and catch out all your tremendous coverage of college football daily uh man well like i said i'm super excited to join y'all each week uh, just so glad that football's here. Nobody does high school football like Mobile does. Just ask anybody that recruits that area. I know about it. Uh, it's incredible football. The, the level of coaching, the level of talent is unmatched. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about everything when it comes to toe, meat, and leather. But we are literally 3,000 subscribers away from 100,000 on YouTube. Uh, if you just go to YouTube, type in Crane and Company, C-R-A-I-N and Company. You can follow us there. We go live each weekday morning from 6.30 to 8 a.m. Central. We have a Sunday recap 
recap show, breaking down all the games, taking your questions, live calls. It's a great time. Sports talk the way it used to be. I think everybody will enjoy it. You know, we all experienced it. We played it. We coached there. We even have a guy who played quarterback at Michigan. No, it's not Denard Robinson, but he was pretty good, too. So come and uh, hang out with us. But really excited to be joining you guys every Friday. Absolutely, Jake. Thank you so much, man. Have a great weekend. Again, get you some rest because it's going to be some long Saturdays coming up, brother. Oh, man, put it on. Oh, man, I just put it on a steak and smother it with me. Let's get it. There you go. Jake Crane joining us here on the final drive on WNSP 105.5. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm former Major League Baseball player Bernie Carbo. I listen to WNSP 105.5. Love every minute of it. Welcome back to the final drive. Man, I always love talking with Jake Crane, man. I love his little zingers that he always seems to have at the end of every point he makes. Oh, he's got them. I mean, every kind of cartoon character reference you can <laughs> right. think of, he's going to bring into effect. He's going to bring back his childhood and reference it into college football. So that's always great and looking forward to hearing from him every Friday at 3.30. That's right, man. It's going to be good. Having him on as a regular, that's going to be some good stuff right before all the games get started on Saturday. You know, what a, what a better way to wrap up your week. Absolutely. And don't forget, starting next Friday as well, we'll bring in Al Whedon giving us our MCPSS Television Network Game of the Week preview also. So two great segments coming that are going to be guaranteed every single Friday here on the final drive. Look, if you were at uh, Heroes last night, then you should know who our next guest is. We're about to be talking to Trent from Future Ones. If you were able to come out last night, you all got some Future Ones gear. So let's talk to him uh, coming up right now. Hey, this is Amari Cooper. You're listening to Sports Radio WNSP. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labounty, along with Nick Wiggins, joining you on this Friday evening. We want to thank everyone for having us tuned in, locked and loaded. Again, a great show so far today as Jim Nagy, Executive Director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, along with Jake Crane from Crane & Company. And now we have one of the founders of Future Ones joining us here on the final drive. Of course, Nick Wiggins mentioned it moments ago yesterday at our 30th anniversary fall football preview party. Every one of the listeners and people who came out to Heroes Sports Bar and Grill was treated to a WNSP Future Ones t-shirt. So we want to thank Trent Massey and Gus Smith for making sure all of our listeners were hooked up with that Future Ones apparel. And that's a great looking t-shirt that everyone received. But T-shirts aren't the only thing that Future One specializes in. Of course, starting here with the football season, the volleyball season, all your apparel needs, whether it's from a coaching staff, whether it's from a fan standpoint, whether it's from a player standpoint, Future Ones can provide you with any gear that you may need. Trent, welcome to the final drive. Hey, how's it going, man? 
Man, the absolutely blessed. Of the season. Yes, we're getting closer and closer. I know, like we just talked about, you have your jamborees going on last night and tonight. And again, we'll see so many Future One products make their debut underneath those Friday night lights. Yeah, man, we're excited about that. And just, uh, you know, we've enjoyed the, the journey of where we've been and where, we're, where we are now. And uh, got a lot of good things ahead of us. And, you know, one of the things that we like to do is be able to give these kids something that they're proud of, something that they wear that looks good. And um, it's just one thing we've been able to do for, for a lot of teams around Mobile and look forward to doing it for many more. Well, you can literally have a swag bag and you look at on Twitter at or X, whatever you would like to call it. It's always going to be Twitter to me, but you can go to Future One's Twitter page and you can see the great Viger swag bag that their cheerleaders will be wearing along with the matching shoes. Of course, the Viger versus Blunt rivalry will be renewed this coming Saturday um, after this weekend's weekend of events you will definitely see not only bags but shoes and socks all type of apparel that will be used by future ones well you know the the big thing about Viger and Blunt uh you know what's really cool about that is both of those teams kicking off that rivalry next week will be wearing future ones uniforms and so uh that'll be a great a great uh, night for future ones and a big rivalry there. And there's so many teams around the area and, and obviously around the state that uh, wear our uniforms. So we're we're definitely making a mark on the uh, on the the sports world. And we really appreciate all the coaches and players out there that support us and and use us. Absolutely. Plenty of reason to go ahead and use future ones, but not only for your athletic apparel needs, but you can also, if you have a business, there are certain, like if you love to bowl, if you're in a bowling league, let's say you need those custom shirts. If you're in an esports gaming league, you need those sublimated shirts. There's so many other things from a corporate standpoint. You have car dealerships to where you can put them on to Future One's apparel and do their logos, whether it's sublimated or screen printed. Future One's absolutely has you covered for any church function. So many more needs that can be given by Future One's outside of athletic apparel. Absolutely. And, you know, we're starting to pick up in that area, and a lot of uh, people are starting to approach us in that. When we, we do embroidery, we do screen print, we, you know, do all the sublimation stuff, and it's, um, like I said, man, it's been it's been a great uh, journey so far, and it's uh, this is a busy time for us. It's a busy time for a lot of people in the sports industry, and uh, this these last couple of weeks and the next couple of weeks will be um, very very busy. Uh, we've been blessed this year to bring on uh, two or three more sales guys uh, around here, and then also around the state, and so our business is picking up. The brand is getting out there. Um, even more, and so it's a, it's a good time to be a part of Future Ones. Official sponsor of the AHSAA is Future Ones at any championship event. You will definitely see Future Ones in the building having a chance to not only 
spotlight all of the apparel that is provided, but all of the summer uniforms for the North-South All-Star Games are provided. Of course, in December, you do have the North-South football game. Always look forward to seeing that unique uniform design being worn. But, Trent, if people want to learn more about Future Ones, how can people reach out and what are the websites that they can go to to view your products? Yeah, the best way is probably futureones.com. That's the word future, the number one, and an S. And then also sales at futureones.com. You can always find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, just look up Future Ones, and we will we'll be there. When you when you click on it, let us know what you need, and we'd love to, love to service you. 877-583-0747. That's 877-583-0747. Five eight three zero seven four seven. If you want to dial it the old-fashioned way, you can always reach them on the phone as well. Again, locally owned and operated right here off of Schillinger Road in Mobile, Alabama. Trent, can't thank you enough for the sharp-looking Future One shirts that have been provided here to WNSP and its listeners. I know all the listeners had nothing but positive things to say about your brand going out with them yesterday at Heroes Sports Bar and Grill as part of our WNSP 30th anniversary fall football preview party. And again, reach out to Future One's 877-583-0747, or you can go to sales at future the number one s dot com trent thank you so much for your support hey thank you Corey. y'all uh, y'all have fun tonight on the first week of football absolutely trent massey co-owner of future ones joining us here on the final drive and nick those future ones t-shirts definitely look great all our listeners were able to get it and and when you do see them being worn around the city, it lets you know that the Future Ones brand is definitely being represented. Yeah, man, it's everywhere. Uh, in Sarah Land's nappy video, Ryan Williams was rocking his Future Ones WNSP shirt. I mean, look, you can't get away from it. And I really like the new shirts that we got now. They're, they're a dry fit material. On the front, you've got the WNSP and the Future One logo. It's just clean, man. Well, I'll tell you what also is clean. It is a name and a player by the name of Dre Kirkpatrick. Does that name ring a bell to you? Dre Kirkpatrick. Yes. What, what What's going on with Dre? Well, it, it's not necessarily what's going on with Dre. It's a matter of what's going on with Dre's son. Dre Kirkpatrick Jr. has committed to the University of... Alabama? Absolutely. Okay, hey. So there'll be a little <laughs> lineage there because, again, Drake Kirkpatrick How Senior. Drake Kirkpatrick, when you go back and sometimes when you have a child young in high school, sure. what it does is it creates a situation where you look at him being a part of Alabama's first national championship team as far as Nick Saban was concerned, and you look now, he does have – a son who is committed to play for the Alabama Crimson Tide becomes a legacy player. And when you look at Arkansas, Auburn, Mississippi State being having an opportunity to go ahead and be a part of it, there's no doubt in my mind that that lineage really 
makes a huge difference. And, of course, Drake Kirkpatrick being that phenomenal player out of North Alabama and Gadsden City. But staying in touch with the Alabama coaching staff, Drake Kirkpatrick, if he's anything like his father, and sometimes it's hard to live up to your father's name. Sure. You just look at one that definitely sticks out to me from an Alabama standpoint will always be Bobby Humphrey and Marlon Humphrey. And even though they play different sides of the football, Bobby, of course, being the phenomenal running back and his son being the All-American defensive back, you look at Drake Kirkpatrick Jr. still playing the defensive back position. Okay. But anytime you have that legacy commit, it's always great to see. And I know he's made his father very proud. No, no question, man. And look, that NCAA football video game is going to be coming out. So Drake Kirkpatrick Jr., he'll be on that. And, you know, the game that just came out a couple days ago, and some people are not giving it the best reviews. Uh, the new Madden's out, Madden 24. People are saying it's the exact same as the last one. But Tyreek Hill actually had some interesting comments. They were Tyreek Hill doesn't watch film. He doesn't do what? Tyreek Hill does not watch film. You mean like Johnny Manziel doesn't watch film? I don't know if it's a 0.0, <laughs> but he said he doesn't watch film. But let's hear – he's got a – a little bit of an unorthodox approach to how he uh, scouts the cornerbacks that might be sticking him. Let's hear what he had to say. Nah, so so I feel like Madden has a good tell of how good players are. So I just play Madden the night before, and I go look at all their ratings. So let's say, for instance, they had Steve Nelson and Derek Stingley over there, two phenomenal players, by the way. Um, I just go – get on Madden, I go to the EA rosters, then I scroll down and see what their awareness is, their speed is, and they sprint, and that's how I get a good tail on them. That is crazy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but look, I mean, Tyreek Hill, he might be the one guy that can do that. I mean, he's so fast and shifty. Uh, I mean, he's a top three wide receiver in the league, maybe. Definitely top five. I mean, what... What is your reaction to that? I believe him. I don't. I don't think he's blowing <laughs> no, smoke. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I believe him. You know, does a cheetah have spots? That that's how much I believe. Yeah. The the cheetah here in this situation about saying he he evaluates his opponents based on what he sees on the realness and the likeness of Madden. Now. He putting a lot of faith in those guys who uh, do the ratings, though, right? <laughs> like, they must really uh, be helping him out. Well, here's the thing. If you're a real-life 88 and then you turn around as a defender and show him that you have 97 speed and you or 98 speed and you can keep up with them, he's like, he. I guarantee he's one that will call EA Sports and Madden to the carpet. <laughs> right. Hey, he, you'll get that Madden bump. We talked yeah. about the Drake Kirkpatrick Jr. commitment. He's only a three-star out of Gadsden City. Sure. Will he get that one-star or two-star bumps? At the end of the season, well, I guarantee if, if you put on as a defender against Tyreek Hill and he's had something positive to say about you, sure. your speed or your agility or your quickness and your likeness is going to get a little bit better as far as playing Madden. And I'm sure it goes vice versa, too. He'll probably call and be like, hey, man, I don't know why you got this guy rated uh, a 91. You need to drop him down to an 81 if, you know, he goes off for like 180 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, look. 
There was a point in time last year when Tua was healthy that he was in the MVP conversation. And even saying that, people still, Miami fans, aren't even sold on Tua as their quarterback even when he is healthy. They're saying it's re really all that offense and it's all Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So, look, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Maybe some more players need to hop on Madden. Well, I, I love the fact that he was honest and he, he, he told the – evaluators or the media what to do and how he breaks it down so again breaking down another contract for Jadavian Clowney yeah that's a very familiar name we'll end the show here a week's worth of the final drive with Corey Bounty and Nick Wiggins Clowney coming back to play a little football in the NFL we'll tell you for who as we wrap up the final drive on WNSP 105.5 Hey there, this is Bob Baumauer, ex-jock, head fry cook, and I listen to 105.5 WNSP, Mobile, Alabama. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty joined by Nick Wiggins. And Nick, it's been a week that has gone by extremely fast as far as you and I tag teaming here on the final drive and looking forward to this time next week, getting ready to turn over our coverage to our Friday night game of the week as Michael Bronner will be making his debut along with Brian Gennard as this station will have Sarah Land versus Lipscomb. I and, mean, of course, that's going to be a huge matchup. Yeah. And yeah. you want to jump in your car to make sure whether it's a blowout for Sarah Land, either on your way to the game or after the game, you always love to tune in to the Pigskin Pete Show. And they'll be bringing you highlights up until midnight. Midnight. And, and look, you can't just rely on that ESPN coverage because only here during that halftime and during the game will you be getting call-ins and updates from every high school game in the county. You're not getting that on ESPN. You're probably going to get like a Taco Bell commercial. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, you'll be able to be interactive in the app too. That's another reason you want to download That's the right. Sound of Mobile app to any Android or Apple device you may have if you're out on a Friday night or a Thursday night and you want to keep us updated on your favorite team score or whatever game that or you're watching. you need to be updated on your favorite team and maybe you're not able to see what's going on because sometimes that can be tricky finding those high school scores but you know here at WNSP we pride ourselves on being, being able to give everyone uh, that prep spotlight coverage and big kudos to pigskin and all the little piglets that help him out but look before we went to the break we were talking about former number one overall pick Jadavion Clowney and he is now a Baltimore Raven how do you feel about that I'm I'm still great fit I, I was telling you you know I love the Atlanta Falcons that's my team everybody knows it but that they're in the NFC Every year, I kind of like to have another team I like to root for on the other side of the league in a different conference, the AFC. And this year, 
I'm rocking with the Baltimore Ravens. You got Lamar on that new deal. You're bringing in Odell Beckham Jr. You got Zay Flowers, who's looked really good in training camp. And now you're bringing Jadavion Clowney just to beef up your pass rush. I'm rocking with my Ravens this year, man. I'm really high on Lamar. I think I just think they're going to be really good. And then that led me to asking you, Corey. I know you're a Miami Dolphins guy, so they're in the AFC. Is there a team in the NFC that you kind of are showing favor to this year? I'm going to go with the Eagles. I love Jalen Hurts. And it's because of him being such a quality role model and yep. being such a leader. You can't cheer against what he has along with Landon Dickerson. Uh, and, again, it's Georgia 2.0 defense. Right. Uh, so the Eagles trying to be hungry and fly high back to another Super Bowl appearance. And we'll see if they're able to get it done if the Dolphins are not able to, to meet them in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I'll go with the Eagles as my side team for uh, sure. I like the Eagles, man. You got Devontae Smith out there. You got A.J. Brown. And, look, you lose Miles Sanders, but you bring in DeAndre Swift, who at one point was, you know, supposed to be one of the top backs in the league. Things in Detroit didn't really work out, and maybe he can get things going in Philadelphia with a much more run-heavy uh, type offense. Well, we want to thank everyone who came on to the show. Of course, our Landrum Roberts interview got interrupted due to technology, and the host of the three-man front on Jocks in Birmingham will be joining us again on Monday with a much better connection. But thank Jim Nagy from the Reese's Senior Bowl, the executive director there, along with Jake Crane, Crane and Company, joining us with Trent Massey. So thank those guests that were able to jump on with us today and of course Monday's show will be kind of giving you a review and a preview of the NFL and high school season to come college football coming down the pipe also so plenty to tune into and look forward to again on Monday Nick week number one it's been good it's been a good down one and done it's been a good one down and done here and of course we wish everyone to have an outstanding weekend stay cool stay hydrated enjoy 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 all the preseason action that's going on and don't forget to tune in again here three o'clock on monday to the final drive